0: and to tell inspirational cattails. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Curl Up with a Cattail with Gwen Cooper. I am, of course, Gwen Cooper, New York Times bestselling author and your host, and I truly am just so thrilled to be here. I really do appreciate those of you who are listening to me from the very beginning, and uh, yeah, hopefully we will all have a good time. Um, that sounded a little bit more provocative maybe than I meant it to, but so when I, when I say I hope we'll all have a good time, I mean, I hope that we will all have a PG, maybe occasionally PG-13 good time. Since this is the first podcast, I am going to talk a little bit in just a moment about what this podcast will be, how it's going to lay out, how it's going to work, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, But just as a quick reference, you can always go to my website, to my my new website that I'm so proud of, and it is GwenCooper.com. And that is where you can find out all about my books, books I've written, books I'm working on, books that are yet to come. I'm also offering a free book, a free collection of stories about Homer. And that is absolutely true. It is absolutely free. So you can find that on gwencooper.com and you can find out how you can have your name and your cat's name included in future books that I write. I'm planning on publishing at least three books this year, Two of them you can learn about on my website if you head over there right now. And last but not least, you can subscribe to the RSS feed for this podcast. And this is probably as good a place as any, just right up front, to say that I am new to podcasting and I am still figuring things out. So if you occasionally hear like a weird noise, uh, the sound of me coughing, or a car backfiring outside, or planes flying overhead, and so on and so forth, I hope that you will bear with me. I, I promise and I certainly expect that I will get better at this as we go along. And so thanks, of course, for not only joining me, but for bearing with me. I truly am thrilled to be here. Later on in this podcast, we will be talking to reader Heather Doherty and hearing an amazing, amazing rescue story about her cat, Sam Cat, uh, which is also a fascinating name and has great history. And we will discuss that, too. But before we get to that good stuff, and since this is the inaugural episode of Curl Up with a Cattail, I figured I would lay out the the sort of who, what, where and when and how this is all going to work, what it's going to be. what I hope to do, what, what I, why I hope you guys will, will tune in to listen. I guess tune in sort of, it, it, that's kind of referring to radios and, and probably not as relevant in a podcast age. Uh, but I, but I will nevertheless say, I hope you will tune in and listen and join me every week. And yeah, so the who, what, where, when, why. And so the who of Curl Up with a Cattail with Gwen Cooper is, of course, me, Gwen Cooper uh probably best known for my memoir Homer's Odyssey, a fearless feline tale or how I learned about love and life with a blind wonder cat. I have written some 8 or 9 more books, novels, memoirs about cats since that book was first published and my work has been published in more than 25 foreign languages, uh which still is amazing to me that that Homer has has managed to wend his way across the globe uh, so far. So it's such a wide reach. It really is an incredible thing. Um, You can, again, head over to my website, GwenCooper.com. You can find my bio, you can find information on more books. and, And so you can learn a little bit more about me. If you don't know much, if you are just tuning in to this podcast out of curiosity, but in addition to me on this podcast, it's probably worth introducing a, a also a repeated, I guess, those who are going to be among our regular cast of characters. And that, of course, includes my two rescue cats. Clayton and Fanny. Clayton and Fanny came to me, oh my gosh, nine years ago. Nine years ago. I still think of them as the kittens. Nine years ago as a bonded pair of littermates. They are all black cats, uh, except that Fanny has a little white locket on her chest. Clayton is our tripod. He only has three legs. He is also substantially stockier than Fanny Uh, Fanny is, is much more slender than Clayton, which always amazes me because they, again, they are genetic brother and sister. And Clayton from the top, he, he kind of looks like, like a little badger. Um, whereas Fanny is very much a house panther. You know, she's very sleek and very slender and very sinewy and sinuous and, and all those S words, uh, that, that sound so great. Um, that really could not be applied to anyone else in our house, if I'm being totally honest. But Fanny embodies them all. Clayton and Fanny are littermates, as I said. Uh, they are usually close, although sometimes they irritate the heck out of each other. Clayton is a very sweet cat. He is a definite mama's boy. And I, I, I hate saying it because it does not sound like a kind thing to say, but I'm going to put it right out there. So, so Clayton is not the smartest cat. I've lived with with five cats now and and Clayton, let's say intellectually is not really a standout among them, but he is absolutely the sweetest animal I have ever lived with, and he loves people. I mean he is a definite mama's boy, but he loves everybody, he even loves the vet uh what Clayton actually really loves most in life is attention. And what he likes about being at the vet's office is that they pay attention to him. And it's true that it is the attention of needles and thermometers and his tushy and various unpleasant things like that. But Clayton legit does not care what they do to him at the vet's office as long as they are looking at him and talking to him and saying, good, Clayton, while they're doing it. That is the only thing he wants in life. I always say that Clayton's favorite person in the whole world is the person he's never met before, but who's paying attention to him. So that is Clayton. He, he's like the mayor of our house. And then there's Fanny. Fanny is, is definitely on the shyer side. She is shyer than Clayton. She's very affectionate with Lawrence and me. She is definitely, however, a little more removed when it comes to newcomers. Uh, Fanny is also very predatory. Fanny is a strictly indoor cat who I know just longs to be out there in the backyard killing things for pleasure. Fanny really wants to kill things. Um, And I'm making her sound very bloodthirsty. So I should also add that she too is incredibly sweet, especially with Lawrence and me. She is super affectionate. And and so that is our Fanny, that is Clayton and Fanny. You will also occasionally hear me talk about Homer, the blind wonder cat and star of the memoir, who I descri- that I described before. And his older sisters were Scarlet and Vashti. I probably won't talk as much about them, only because this, you know, they they are no longer with us. Uh, but there's plenty of information out there, and I certainly will talk about them sometimes. And I will not bore you with detailed descriptions of five cats except to say that Homer was blind, he was amazing, he fought off a burglar, this is a true story, who broke into my apartment in the middle of the night and therefore saved my life. He was an amazing, amazing cat, and if you are not familiar with his life story, and I don't just say this because I wrote the book, but you should definitely check it out. And the last of the, the, the dramatist personae, the, the the regular recurring cast member, is my husband, Lawrence, Who you will probably hear me talk about with some frequency, mostly because we're both stay at home writers. So we both work from home. We are home together. We, even before there was a pandemic, we were home together in the house writing, probably on a typical day, a good 20 to 22 hours a day. Um, We were in the house together. And I think it is probably not a stretch to say that Lawrence and I, since quarantine started, have not seen anybody other than each other and our cats. Um, And this is since March of 2020. It is now February of 2021. You know, we've seen people at the grocery store and delivery people and mail carriers and, and so on and so forth, but we've not actually socialized or interacted in person. We've done some Zoom happy hours and things like that with friends and other couples, but we have not spent time in three-dimensional space uh, with anybody other than each other for coming up in 11 months now. And this is as good a segue as any to say that there is actually, in addition to this podcast, going to be a bonus podcast. And you can learn more about that bonus podcast, again, on my website, go to GwenCooper.com. And in that bonus podcast, you will hear me talk to Lawrence. That that podcast will be Lawrence and me talking together about our lives, our cats, our friends. Um, I, I feel like I'm not making it sound as interesting and fun as I think it's going to be. And so I will put in the plug here that I married my husband because he is actually and literally the funniest human being I have ever met and just so much fun to talk to. And I realize that I'm a very prejudiced wife in saying these things. But again, this is the whole reason why I fell in love with him and why I married him. Um so hopefully you guys will check it out. If for no other reason than curiosity, if you've read my books and you're curious to hear and you've read everything that I've written about Lawrence and you're curious to hear him speak for himself, then this will certainly be your opportunity to do so. So that covers the who. Uh, the what, obviously, is is a podcast. As far as format goes, you know, it's it's, it's going to be me talking, obviously, and talking about Cats. I'll also be answering questions from readers. And if you would like to submit a question for me to answer on my podcast, once again, you can do that by going to my website, GwenCooper.com, and you can, on the, the page for my podcast where you can subscribe to the RSS feed, you will also be able to leave comments that I will read, and comments and questions, and then hopefully address on a future episode of the podcast. I will also be doing some interviews with readers occasionally with friends or, or with other, you know, let's say people who are famous, quote unquote, in the cat world. But for the most part, it's going to be readers who I interview about their cats. Uh, readers have written to me recently and also over the years with just some amazing, amazing stories about their cats that I think you guys are really going to love hearing. And so once a month, I am going to to interview a reader to tell one of those stories. And again, later on in this episode today, we'll be hearing from reader Heather Doherty about her cat, Sam Cat. And it's just a beautiful story. And I hope you guys will tune in. Or will, will I have to stop saying tune in. Um, but I hope you will continue to listen to the end of the episode and and check that out with me. So that covers the the what, the where. I am coming at you from beautiful downtown Jersey City. I realize that Jersey City or downtown Jersey City does not sound like it should be preceded by the word beautiful, but it actually is a, a really cute little area. And so I'm in Jersey City, and specifically, um, I am in my closet. I, I record my podcast in my bedroom closet. And I feel that that revelation uh, warrants a little bit of explanation. So I will add that my husband and I and our two cats, we live in, in this lovely old Victorian home. It was built in 1860, and it just has, you know, those wonderful little flourishes that you find in older homes. We have crown molding on the ceilings. We have beautiful hardwood floors. Our ceilings are are 14 feet high. Um, We have some stained glass windows, which just still knock me out whenever I see them. Uh, and, and this is all well and good. But the problem with trying to record a podcast in that sort of home is that the combination of hardwood floors and very high ceilings means that it just sounds incredibly echoey. Uh, th- there's really no way around it. My microphone is very sensitive. And so... My voice—it's just bouncing off of so many different surfaces, and and it sounds like I'm recording in in a canyon, basically. And that is, of course, one of the downsides of living in in a lovely old Victorian white elephant of a house. So I am in my bedroom closet, uh, which is is pretty snug. It's it's technically a walk-in, but it's not a massive walk-in by any stretch of the imagination. But it is wood-lined and the ceiling in here is lower and all the clothing around me acts as a kind of natural soundproofing. So it is, in effect, about as close as I could get within my own house to a professional recording studio, or at least recreating some of the benefits of a professional recording studio. And so I am recording in my closet. Uh, My cats have figured out how to open the closet door Occasionally, they will join me. So I should also add that this closet that I'm recording in right now, this is where I record the audiobook editions of my self-published book. I've recorded two audiobooks so far, one for Spray Anything and one for The Book of Possum, Headbongs, Raspy Tongues, and 101 Reasons Why Cats Make Us So, So Happy. And I cannot even begin to tell you how many times I, I had to back up and re-record or redo a take uh because a cat, particularly Fanny, who's very clever, uh, Clayton is is not is not the cleverest cat, but Fanny is is exceptionally clever and is really good at manipulating doors and doorknobs and locks. And so she has a tendency to kind of burst in on me while I'm recording. And Clayton will often be following right behind and and the two of them will be demanding very loudly in What I'm sure would be a profanity-laced tirade if I were able to translate it, you know, exactly from feline to human, uh, demanding to know what I'm doing, what the flip I'm doing in the closet without them. Uh, Because my cats, of course, love to sleep in closets, like many cats, especially Fanny. Clayton is actually more of a public sleeper. Clayton's big fear is that if he disappears from view, you might actually forget that he exists. And so Clayton is much more of, of a sleeping underfoot kind of a cat. He likes being in the closet with me. And I guess it's sort of the best of both worlds because he gets to be with me and also in a closet. Uh Fanny just loves closets. Both of them, I, I have to say, are, are very approving of of this new direction that my life has taken that I'm spending so much more time in the closet. Um they love to to come in here and and curl up with me. It it makes them very happy. But I don't, of course, always grab them and pull them in with me when I come in to record. And if they, so if they figure out that that's what I'm in here doing, and that I'm doing it without them, and that I have not alerted them, um, they they can be kind of miffed, and and they usually, as as I like to say, they they will enter kvetching. Kvetch is of course Yiddish for complain, and they will enter kvetching at the tops of their lungs. And my feeling is. Probably not in this episode, uh, because right now I I fed them lunch right before I started recording. But at some point, if you listen to enough episodes and you listen long enough, you will certainly hear the dulcet tones of my kvetchy cats in the background demanding to know what the flip I'm doing in the closet without them having not informed them that I was coming in here. That brings us to when. When will I be uh, podcasting? And so I I don't know exactly when I'm going to be recording, but there will be new episodes every Thursday if you're an RSS. If you subscribe to my podcast's RSS feed, you can do that on my website. Um, yeah, then you can also go, by the way, you can find us on ACAST and Spotify and iTunes and Apple and basically anywhere where podcasts are distributed, you will be able to find this podcast. You will be able to subscribe to the RSS feed. You can certainly do so on my website and there will be be a new episode, I should say, every Thursday. Uh, That's actually probably the the shortest answer to a question. So so I hope you guys will, will check it out on Thursdays. And that brings me last but not least to the question of why. Why am I podcasting now? And there are a bunch of reasons. I-, I won't go into all of them. I certainly do love the idea of being able to speak, to actually speak directly to people who read my books and And to have another way of interacting. I mean, it's I love writing books, and I love putting books out there, and I love hearing from readers and seeing Amazon reviews about my books. But this, of course, is also a, a very direct way of actually getting to talk to you guys. and you can come to my website and you can leave comments on the podcast. And so it's it will be, I hope, very much like a conversation, like an ongoing conversation that we are having. Uh, obviously not real time as such but probably about as close to real time as we can get. And so again, I hope you guys will come to my website and leave some comments and feedback and questions for me. So that is one reason why. I will also say, as some of you know, uh, those of you who are on my mailing list or who follow me on social media um, will know that that I came down with what I'm pretty sure was covid very early in the shutdown, it was actually the second week in March, or the second weekend, it was the weekend of March 13th, when I first began having symptoms. And I I turned out to be something of of what is called a long hauler. Uh, I had a really terrible rash um, pretty much all over my body, and it would come and go. It wasn't constant, but it was every day. Uh, it would wax and wane over the course of the day, but there was never really any point where I was I was rash-free. And that started within a few weeks of my having been sick and continued so so again, I first got sick in March, and the rash and also just a feeling of of fatigue of really just feeling overwhelmed by all everyday tasks and activities and and certainly work and that really persisted until around october uh so it was from March until October. it was nearly seven months more than seven months um where I I just did not feel like myself, did not feel a hundred percent, and obviously I, I spent a lot less time in communication with people. I, to, it probably goes without saying that I wasn't doing a whole lot of writing during that period. I did a little writing, but not very much, and it, just talking to people was was kind of exhausting, and as we all know, quarantine and shutdown was sort of isolating to begin with. So I really found myself in this position where it was it was exhausting to talk to people. I didn't even feel great. So I didn't necessarily want to talk to people, even if I had had the energy to do so. And also it's just a real buzzkill, you know, when people keep asking how you're doing, how you feel to have to keep telling them that you still don't feel well. It, it's just, it's, it's a bummer. You, you feel like you're bumming them out. You're definitely bumming yourself out. And so the bottom line is that, again, with the exception of my husband and my cats, my husband and my cats, and thank God for them. I am so grateful every single day that I had the three of them because I genuinely do not know how I would have gotten through the last 12 months of my life without them. Having said that, I am certainly ready to once again resume communications with the outside world and not just by writing something and then putting it out and a few months later having somebody read it but also by talking to people like I am talking to all of you right now and it it I can't lie it feels pretty good and the other reason why is um it it has occurred to me over the, especially over the last few weeks uh, that that I actually that I need some more outlets and and I will explain this a little bit so like many of you, like I'm sure many of you are, I am very aware of all the cats in my neighborhood. And by all the cats in my neighborhood, I mean, uh, of course, the the feral cats. Uh, sometimes they come to my back deck and I feed them. They, they do not come every day, um, which makes me a little sad. I wish they would. But I, I know all of the, the usual suspects, right? I, I know the cats who I'm used to seeing. But I also know the cats who live inside homes. I go out. I take walks. I am very well versed in, you know, in which houses on my block have – have in which I have occasionally seen a cat sitting in the window, peeking out the window. So I know every house on the block basically that has a cat. I know what ki- – how many cats they have. I know what kind of cats they have and so on. Um, probably the house I know best is the house across the street from me. And and this is the house directly across the street from me. So, so truly like if my house number was number 11, they would be house number 12. They are directly across the street from me and I don't know their names. I've never met them. I've never spoken with them, not even in passing, but I am aware of the fact that they have two cats or have had two cats. One of whom is, is a kind of gray and, you know, like a white cat with big, those big sort of cow, like cow-like gray patches, I always think of like moo cows, like a moo cat. She's a moo cat, and the other appears to be a ragdoll cat. And so I know they have these two cats, uh, adult cats. Um, one of them, the gray and white cat, I am also aware, is fascinated with with the world outside this family's house. Every time they open their their door, she runs to the screen door. And tries to wiggle her way out. If they are accepting a Chewy's package, she's trying to kind of dart out between her human's legs and get outside. She loves to hang out in front of the window. She's fascinated by what goes on in the streets. And once over the summer, I guess they were installing a, 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 um, a wall unit air conditioner in one of their bedrooms. A window unit air conditioner. And so they had the window wide open, preparatory. To putting inserting the air conditioner into it, and I guess either it hadn't occurred to them to keep the cat out, or they weren't paying close enough attention. I'm not sure how it happened. But what happened was I looked out my front window, and what I saw was the cat, like three quarters of the way out of this third story window, and one of her humans like holding a her by her her like by her hind quarters basically desperately trying to get the rest of the cat inside. And while someone stood behind the man who was trying to pull the cat back in, the the woman who lives in the house, the the mom, they have two kids, was standing behind him. It was very frantic. I couldn't hear them, but I could see, uh, you You could tell that there was a lot of shouting and gesticulating. I should also add here, by the way, so th- this was on the third floor of their house. They actually have a, a kind of roofed porch that... rises up to the second floor. So directly beneath this window on the third floor was the roof of this porch. It it was basically, it would have been a one-story drop just to remove any thought that what was at risk here was that the cat was going to fall out the window and have a three-story drop. And I think probably from the cat's perspective, it it didn't look like a big drop at all. I think the cat was like, what? I could do it. Let me, let go. Um. Anyway. And, and so I, I, I did watch until they pulled the cat safely back inside. You know, at that point I was invested and, and I really had to make sure that the cat was okay and the cat was okay. And so these are all things I'd previously observed. And then a couple of weeks ago, I noticed a, a third cat, a kitten in their house, a little, such an adorable little ginger kitten. And, you know, it can be tough to judge size from a distance, but I'm going to say probably around 12 weeks old. He looks to be about the size that Clayton and Fanny were when we adopted them from the the foster network we adopted them from. So little ginger kitten, so, so cute, around 12 weeks old. And it was at this point, you know, that I was noticing, like, wow, I didn't even know they were thinking about getting a third cat. This was the first thought that I had, like, wow, I didn't even know – they were thinking about getting a third cat. And and then I realized, of course, I don't know these people. I don't know their names. I, 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 I don't know anything about them. Of course, I didn't know that they were thinking of getting a third cat. Why on earth would I, how on earth would I possibly have that information? And that was when it really occurred to me that I was way too – I am way too invested in the lives of these strangers who live across the street from me. I am Gladys Kravitz. I I have become – over the course of quarantine, I I have become Gladys Kravitz. I am really one step away from being like, Adna! Adna! Uh, Sorry, <laughs> by the way, that, that was my attempt at a Gladys Kravitz impression. And those of you who are unfamiliar with the reference should definitely check out uh, the TV series Bewitched, one of my favorites, one of my favorite oldies. And and so the the point of this whole long story about the neighbors' cats is that it it occurred to me that what I really need is a new outlet, especially now that I'm feeling healthier and more energetic and more like my old self. I am definitely in need of new projects. I'm so excited about the new books that I am working on. I'm really excited to have made and and I will talk about this more a little bit later on. And again, you can find out. Um, If you go to my website, you can find links to some of this information. But I'm making a big move from traditional publishing to independent publishing. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I have so many, you know, the last few months when I couldn't do anything, I came up with so many great ideas for books. And the thing about traditional publishing is that on a traditional publishing calendar or schedule, I could do maybe one new book every two to three years, and I'm going to do, and I kid you not, I will have at least three new books for you guys over the course of 2021. Uh, the first one is going to be coming in April. I will talk about all that stuff later. I'm so excited about it. Uh, so, But I'm definitely in need of new outlets and and things, you know, now that I have my energy back, new projects and things to occupy me. And so this podcast is one of them. And yeah, I, I'm really excited about it and I hope you guys enjoy it and have a good time hanging out with me every week. Today we're joined on Curl Up with a Cattail by reader Heather Doherty. Heather is a school teacher in San Joaquin Valley, California. Or is it is it the San Joaquin Valley? Did I say that wrong? Should I should I give it the uh hey. No, I, San Joaquin, just says it's generally called the San Joaquin Valley. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> like if somebody Valley, said to San you, Valley. if somebody came up to you and said, where are you from, would you say San Joaquin Valley or the San Joaquin Valley? Uh,
1: I'd probably say the Central Valley.
0: Okay. Well, so then I was just yeah. wrong 100%. So Heather Doherty is joining us from the Central Valley in California. And uh, welcome, Heather. Thanks so much for, for being on the podcast. I appreciate your being here. Of course. Thank you. And today we are going to talk about your cat, Samcat. Now I wanna be sure I'm pronouncing it. So Samcat Sam, name, I'm gonna spell this for our listeners who don't see it written in front of them, and it's spelled S-A-M-K-H-A-T, and that is pronounced Samcat, correct?
1: Uh, that's the way I pronounce it. Yes, I don't know if I'm actually pronouncing it correctly, but that's it. Yep.
0: <laughs> well, having then, I am sure that there is a story of some kind even behind the name. I mean, there, we, we will get to the main, the gotcha, Sam Cat's gotcha story in a little bit. But um, tell us a little bit about the name.
1: Um, I you know I can't remember. I usually try to name my my rescues. Um, give them sort of a, a name of strength or a name kind of reflective of where. And how I got them. And so, um, I don't exactly recall what her name means, but it's, uh, it's some sort of ancient goddess from somewhere. Um, and I think she was kind of like a strength and vitality, if I remember correctly.
0: Okay. Well, that's actually uh, I, I always like when, when there's a reason behind the name. I, I would say that my cat Fanny is the first cat who I named just because I thought it was a cute name and not because there was some <laughs> personal connection between name and cat. Um, so and how long have you had Sam Cat? Oh, gosh, I've
1: had Sam Cat now for probably uh, five years.
0: OK. And is she how old is she? Do you estimate?
1: Um, she's probably about six now.
0: Okay. And, uh, and, and she, is she a snuggle buddy? Is she a, uh, is she a lap cat? No. Is she, no, not no, at all.
1: No, she's a barely, um, pick up and hold cat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's,
1: uh, follow me around when I'm feeding the cats and cleaning their little boxes kind of a cat, but, um, and she'll, you know, let me pet her, but she's not, um, yeah, she's never, I don't think she's ever once climbed in my lap. Um, I force her to let me pick her up every once in a while, but she's, uh, pretty, pretty resistant.
0: And yet now, but I'm guessing having said this, that you, you feel that you and, and Sam Cat are close, that there is an understanding between the two of you.
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, she definitely, I mean, there's one other person in, in the house, my husband, I call him that man. Um, <laughs> she, she lets that man talk to her. Um, I don't, I don't think that he generally pets her. I think she she runs from him before he gets close enough to pet her. She's um still a
0: little wild. <laughs> She's a one-person cat. Yeah, pretty
1: much. Pretty much, yeah.
0: Now, and, and and for our listeners at home, and here's a little bit of the backstory that I already have that you guys don't have yet. So Sam Cat was a feral cat. And a feral cat is not the same thing as a stray cat. I hear people conflating those two terms all the time. But a stray cat, is a cat is a house cat basically who's ended up outdoors with no one to take care of her um, and this is why it fascinates me that Sam cat is a former feral because a true feral cat is is basically a wild animal um, a, a feral cat is not the is not a house cat who just happened to get out a feral cat is a cat who has never lived with people um, anyone who's worked in rescue and and tried to domesticate or even just a regular person who's tried to domesticate a feral cat can tell you. That it's incredibly difficult, and that there really does have to be something special between you and that cat for that to happen, because feral cats do not want to be indoor cats, as opposed yeah. to stray cats <laughs> who really do. <clears throat> and uh, sorry, as I clear, my I'm, I'm already getting a little a little verklempt. Um You know, there are a couple of feral <laughs> cats who who I feed, and they they take my food and they tolerate the fact that I exist, and that's about it. You know, they, uh, I put exactly, the food on, on yeah. my back deck, they come and they get it. Um, they, they do not come until I am safely in the house. You know, it's been a couple of years that I've been feeding them and I'm not sure what tricks they think I'm going to pull on them now. But yeah, so tell us a little bit. I uh, So, so tell us a little bit about Sam Cat, how you first met her and, and under, under what conditions she came into your life.
1: Yeah. Well, I, um, was used to make a habit of stopping by and seeing my best friend at his, um, where he worked, um, he was a manager of an auto parts store and had an apartment in the back. So he was there quite, you know, pretty much all the time. And, uh, one, on one of my visits, uh, I saw her and there were quite a few, um, stray cats around the area. Um, there's a kind of a, a field next to the shop. And so I think it was, common for cats to be dumped and, and whatnot. So she was bigger, you know, she looked um more full size grown than some of the others were, you know, younger, smaller, or kittens. And I was like,
0: Oh, another cat. And, and uh, I'm sorry, said, and describe yeah. her to us what you know, what kind of markings does she have? You know, when she say she was adult um, size, is she a big cat for an adult, a small cat? What does she look like?
1: Yeah, well, she's definitely bigger now than she was then, but she's um, black, mostly black with some tan, um, kind of stripy swirls. Okay, um, she's not your traditional like tiger pattern. Um, she's real. She's really pretty. Her fur is um, pretty thick and really um, slick. I don't know how to explain it. It's not. I mean, it's soft, kind of, but it's more slick than anything.
0: It's, it's like like a, like a hard silk, sort of like like a glossy yeah, hard silk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Fanny is sure. like that. She's not fluffy. Yeah. She she's very sleek. I always say, Miss Fanny, yes, She has a yes, very sleek she's cat. Not fluffy. <laughs> yes.
1: I think she'd probably be mad if you called her fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> well, fluffy, she'd say, yeah. But she, um, yeah, she just kind of showed up, and you know, so we just thought, oh, it's another wild cat. But she, unlike the others, and he would feed them. His, uh, my best friend's name is Vinny. He would feed them, you know, put dry food out, and the the people next door um the businesses next door would kind of feed the uh, you know the wild cats and catch them if they could and have them you know spayed or neutered and and uh she just you know kept showing up and but we could not you know unlike the other cats we could get within a few feet of them she would not get any closer than a car length and I think that's even being generous. Um you know anytime we talked to her she'd take off running. Anytime we even you know kind of made a step toward her she'd take off running. Um we put food out the other you know she put food out he'd put it out. rather and the other cats would would eat if we were within eyesight of them and she wouldn't we'd have to retreat inside the store and peek around things so she couldn't see us and to determine if she was actually eating any food or not so she just would not did not want anything to do with us other than you know be wary of us and kind of keep an eye on where we were so we wouldn't get too close so one of the visits, um, I noticed her eye looked a little... Uh... I'm
0: sorry, I'm going to back out. And so how long were you, before you before the visit, where you noticed that she had the eye problem, uh, which I, I definitely want to get to, how long did this go on where you would come and you would feed her and, and she would keep all this distance between the two of you? Oh,
1: gosh, that went on for, um, I mean, not a super long time, but probably a month or two. okay. You know, or, okay. you know, we'd see, you know, he'd occasionally see her. Sometimes I'd stop by, you know, after a visit and, and uh, there were regular cats that would show up and we'd see. And, you know, sometimes he'd say he didn't really see it. But she wasn't really remarkable other than, oh, just another wild cat, you know.
0: <laughs> and did she ever me- meow or make any noise or, or anything uh, to get no. your attention? No. no. See, feral cats no. usually also are very quiet. If, if, a, if an outdoor cat starts meowing at you, it's probably a stray versus a feral because feral cats are, are very quiet. They don't make noise usually.
1: Yeah, she was. She she'd not make any noise. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> at all. You know, and then some of the other cats, he, you know, he keep they'd keep the door open to the the auto parts store every once in a while, and some of the cats would show up and sit in the doorway and meow at them, and you know they were very interactive with with the humans there, but not definitely not her. She didn't want want any part of in it. You know, anybody other than maybe just oh
0: food, yay, you know, but. That was it and and, uh, and this is a, and, and you know because I I don't want this to the, the point of this story is not to encourage people to go out and embrace the first feral cat you see or or to try to make friends because generally speaking again, and I really do want to emphasize this, feral cats um, do not make good house pets. you should not try to make a feral cat a house pet. The best thing you can generally do for a, a feral cat is to feed them, create a shelter, an outdoor shelter for them. Um, and there are tips online about how to do that. And that might have been the direction in which this story went, except that one day you noticed that that there was something odd with Sam Cat.
1: Yeah, her eye started um, just it didn't look right. It looked. Uh, um. I mean, it was hard. It was hard to tell initially what it, exactly what it looked like. I just because we couldn't get close to her, but something was wrong with it, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and it's
0: it's so tough when you see an, an animal outdoors who who looks like they're in pain. I, I mean, that I think oh. is is one of the hardest things as an animal lover, um, whether it's a cat you're rescuing or just an, a, a cat that's going by an animal that crosses your path and, and looks ill is or injured. It's tough.
1: Oh, it's, oh, it's horribly tough. I, I'm, yeah, I tell everybody I like, you know, animals more than people and everyone laughs, ha ha, and inside I'm like, no. I
0: think, I think a lot of my (laughs) listeners are going to be like, oh yeah, (laughs) right there with you, right there with you. You know, all of my pets are
1: rescues and, and they were definitely, Um, you know, at the time I, I found them all, or some of, some of them came to me by by way of students, you know, who on their way to school found a kitten in the middle of a field and, and brought her. I'm like, Oh my God, you guys need to stop doing this. So at the time I saw Sam cat, you know, I already had, um, I know my, your listeners are going to be like, "Oh my stars!" I had um, seven cats <laughs> already.
0: I have and a Rottweiler. I, I will say I have some listeners who who might uh, find that to be a staggering number. I promise you, I have listeners who are going to say, "Oh, please talk to me when you get into double digits." Yeah, so, uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Probably the the latter is more likely. Yeah. So I and I you know when I rented a house and at the time and. Um, I just thought I, you know, the last thing I need is another cat. Like I said, I had a Rottweiler too, and you know, he was 105 pounds. So my, my house was, was pretty
0: full of furries. Um, but you saw Sam cat and, and she had this injured eye and you yeah, were, and you yeah, were heartbroken. I, absolutely. I mean, you just feel so helpless
1: and I'm sure people can, can uh, completely understand that, you know, and, but I thought, well, there's not really much we can do just kind of, you know, make sure there's food for her and whatnot. And, um, so, you know, as, as my visits went on, cause like I said, he's, he, he's my best friend and I made a point of stopping by every pretty much every day to see him. He's kind of down on his luck. But, um, you know, we started noticing she was getting a little closer, a little closer, a little closer. And I thought, you know, I, I'm just going to bring a carrier. Maybe there's some way I, I don't know what to do, you know? And he's like laughing at me. You're crazy. You're never going to catch her. Well, then she, we didn't see her anymore. Um, He said she stopped showing up. He didn't see her at all for, I don't know how long it was. I mean, a a significant enough time that it was noticeable. And I just thought, well, she's, maybe she just, you know, was sick and and crawled off somewhere to die. And I was sad. It made me sad about it. But, uh, you know, you just, there's so many wild animals around there. You think you can't rescue them all, despite our efforts to sometimes try to do that. Um, And then one day she she reappeared i was there for a
0: visit and and, and how, about I, how many days was this when she finally reappeared
1: oh, like was it 2 probably, days was it a
0: week was it oh no it was probably
1: um oh, gosh pro- i don't know
0: probably a couple months maybe okay so 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 a significant amount of time had gone by in which you did not know what happened yes. to this cat Okay. Yeah.
1: And that's why we just thought when when she when she repaired and we saw her, we're like, that's not the same cat. And I'm like, yeah, it is because her markings are, are unique enough, you know. Yeah. Um, and she actually let us get close enough to her that you could I could see her eye was just pussy. Um, it was completely closed and just pus was coming out of it. And I was like, oh,
0: my. And do you think she let you get close because she knew that she needed help and and intuited maybe that you were someone who she could trust at least far enough to try to help her
1: i you know yes or could she just not see you I, coming
0: <laughs> which i guess would I know, be the other possibility did,
1: she, yeah. yeah well she saw us because yeah you know she she would track our movements um but the fact that she, i mean we were so much closer to her than we ever had been before i just thought I'm. Um, we have it has to we have to try there's something she's letting us get this close she must there must be something you know she must want help or something i don't know i think humans We always think we know what's best. (laughs) We force ourselves on animals, despite the, you know, whether they really want it or not. But I just, I kept telling them there's something, there's something she's, you know. So um, I thought, well, we'll we'll just see if she's around the next day. And she was. And um, I I didn't have my carrier because I thought, what are the chances? There's no way. And, you know, being in an auto parts store, he had lots of boxes. So we grabbed a box and I was, you know, talking to her. And she wasn't moving and I was getting closer with every step. She wasn't moving. She wasn't moving. You could tell she was like tensed, like she wanted to run. But I just think, I I don't know. I think there was something in her that, you know, the universe or something spoke to her and said, just, it'll be okay. Cause she actually. Something
0: between the two of you. I mean, something. Yes. yes. I mean, she let you touch her, which is major for a feral cat.
1: And pick her up and put her in a box. I was just stunned, you know? And, but I really think. Um, I think she just knew that if I don't let this weird being help me, <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> right. Um, right. And and she would have. Um, I got her to the the vet the next morning, and um, she had ear mites. She was covered in fleas. Wow. She was horribly malnourished and dehydrated. Um, and the vet at the time, and I had gone been going to this vet for the whole time I lived in, in the town where this was, you know, 12, 13 years, um, said that her eye was so bad that if it, it had gone another week, she would have, it would have killed her. She would have died. Wow. You know, it was infected and um, it was just bad. And, uh, you know, so he's like, well, how did you get her? And I was telling her, and he, he couldn't believe that she even let me get that close enough to, to grab her, you know, to pick her up. And
0: Yeah. I mean, I also I- want to say I have seen injured, you know, injured animals who desperately need help, who still will not let anyone get close to them. So it really is remarkable that that she let you that that Sam Cat let you do this. Yeah. And and so you got her treated. And then were, were you ever thinking about, re- you know, returning her back to where you had found her? Did you take her home immediately? How did how did that yeah, go? She
1: she had to spend some time in the, in the vet, um, they ended up having to remove her eye. Um, she has a Condition and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but it's called entropion. Okay. Entropion, I believe um, the edges of the eyelid turn in and then cause the eyelashes to rub on the eyeball.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Eye. I've heard of this yeah, actually. It, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so her other one, she has it a little bit in her other one. It's not as bad. Um, so she, anyway, regardless, they had to remove her eye and um, to save her life. And they kept her in the, in the vet for maybe a week at least. I don't know. It could be longer. I'm I'm getting old. My memory's fading. <laughs> um, so when I, you know, I brought her home, she needed medication and stuff. And so I really had no alternative than to, than to take her home. And, um, I had a room in my house that had previously been, um, a room, uh, dedicated to a kitty I had who had leukemia. Um, she she lost eight years and, you know, had since passed on. So I had a a room where I could put Sam Cat and she could be safe from the other cats and not feel, you know, threatened or or insecure despite being inside. And so um, I kept her in there for a while and there was a cat tree by the window and, you know, anytime I opened the door, she was in that tree looking out the window and I just, I felt so bad for her, you know, she wanted to return to the wild and um, so during the course of, I don't know, two or three weeks having her home and, and having her on her medication and going in there and feeding her and stuff, she actually started becoming, you know, receptive to me, petting her and, um, you know, meowing at me a little bit. Her her meow was not very loud at all, you know, almost like she never was she wasn't accustomed to speaking. And um, so during, you know, at the end of the two two or three weeks when her medication was all out, I I just decided, well, I'm going to keep her and just see what happens. <laughs> I did not feel settled in my heart returning her to, you know, the, the wild life. Sure. And, and I just thought,
0: man, if her other eye, what happens if her other eye starts? Absolutely. An absolutely yeah, fair like concern. And how long ago, yeah. and, and I'm sorry. And, and remind us again, how long ago is this, that she has been with you? This? Well, you know, I was thinking I've had her maybe five years, but I think it's
1: been more like four. My husband and I, um, met, you know, almost four years ago. And I got her slowly or rescued her
0: shortly before that. So I think I've had her maybe four years. So so your husband knew that you were living with a feral cat. Basically, when, when, uh, when he decided that. to uh, become a yeah. part of your eight cat and Rottweiler household, your, your husband knew what he yes, was getting yeah. into. He was
1: he was very well aware of my pester of cats. I've, I've named a group of cats a pester. Um,
0: <laughs> I believe yeah, the technical I mean, term is actually clowder, but, but pester is not yeah. is 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 not a bad collective noun for cats. I, I will yes, give you credit pester, for that one. Yeah. And did your husband yeah, come to you with any any of his own animals, or or was it uh, all you?
1: Yeah, he has a mean uh, blue healer uh, who's not very tolerant of any other animals whatsoever.
0: I'm sorry, I'm not actually. What is a blue healer? <laughs> uh, I'm not a blue f-
1: healer's a um, an Australian cattle dog. Okay. Yeah, and so they're they're typically working dogs. Um, she works really hard. at getting any and all food that's within her reach.
0: (laughs) And, And I would imagine also pretending like she does not live with nine other animals since she is, uh, yeah, if she had her way. Crowd averse. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: She'd be the only four-legged person in this home.
0: So so let me ask you, I'm going to ask you one last question, then we're going to wrap it up. Um, sure. But my last question to you is, do you do you feel that there is anything unique? I mean, I guess we could always say that every relationship we have with every cat is unique, but your relationship with Sam Cat, do you feel because of her origins um, that that you have a unique relationship with her? And if so, how? How is it unique?
1: Um, yeah. And, and, you know, you said it, I think we all, we all feel like our, oh, our, our children are the cutest and the smartest and the brightest and you're, yeah, yours and everybody else's. Um, you know, I think all my ca- all my cats. I think I kind of have, to some extent, a unique relationship because, you know, like two of them I bottle fed. One one weighed three ounces when I rescued him. Wow. Um, wow. He's, he's since uh, become a trader and spends his evenings in the lap of that man um, <laughs> instead of mine. So I'm a little I'm a little uh, irked with him these days. But um, yeah, Sam cat. I I think we do share a unique bond. Um, sometimes when I'm zooming with my students up in my office upstairs she's um the one cat who's on the desk with me you know she's she rubs her head on my shoulder when I you know reach out to pet her she kind of shies away a little bit but she's um uh she's yeah she's she hangs out with me a little bit more she doesn't really socialize with the other cats too much um so sometimes I feel really bad like you know she must be lonely she's upstairs with well she's in the house with a bunch of them but And then when I go upstairs, wherever she is, she comes out and, you know, kind of follows me around and while I'm doing my thing. And um,
0: so you are the the only being that she really enjoys spending time with. It sounds like to me. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I think so. Without without being a, you know, a jerk. Oh, this cat loves me and no one else. I just I think she understands or somehow that that I saved her life. And uh, I mean, she has to. I, I can't imagine that she would have, you know, let me pick her up that that time to to save her, or she didn't sense something good in me, you know, which is
0: very humbling. Yeah, I, I mean, for whatever it's worth, I think you're right. I think you are. You are right on the money with that one. I think she does now. Um, I, I think that uh, you know, with with our with with those animals that that we have those those truly unique bonds with, I think there is a level of of understanding of of what we mean to each other. You know that um, that they feel as much as we do. I for sure think that.
1: Yeah. Um, absolutely. And, and what a wonderful experience that is i just every day i, I marvel at at my at all my furries you know and their they're different personalities and their their interactions with each other and with us and um it's just it's just amazing to me but even i mean even within the probably the last year um she's i mean she's it, with her it's still it's still a process it's we she's still a work in progress our relationship is a work in progress i mean um Well like human relationships. Yeah, well anybody really. Yeah. Sure. But she's it seems like she's really relaxing a little bit more. It's it's almost like she's realized, well, okay, I guess I guess this is my home, you know, and it's taken a while, but um, you know, I used to not be able to brush her at all. Um probably within last year she's let me brush her. Um and uh, you know, when I pick her up now she doesn't fight to get out of my arms right away. It takes probably 30 seconds now before she
0: starts struggling <laughs> sure but we're getting there yeah. yeah well heather thank you so much for for coming on to the curl up with a podcast and sharing this story with us um i really do appreciate it please please give sam cat a, a big hug if she will allow you to do so for from me and from all of us who are listening and sure. uh, best of luck yeah. to you both Thank you you know and it was funny because I was like how where did I come up
1: with her name so I googled it really quickly because you know in this age of sure. all things Google um, I, her name is comes from ancient Babylonian and Samcat was the goddess of joy and happiness
0: well there you go that uh, that, that definitely seems like a name that Samcat is working on growing into as she discovers the there joys there of uh, bonding with somebody else
1: Yes I think so well thank you very much
0: thank you so much for coming on and uh, and have a great rest of your day And thanks so much to all of you out there for listening. I certainly hope you'll join me for the next episode of the Curl Up with a Cattail podcast. And that concludes this episode of Curl Up with a Cattail with Gwen Cooper. Don't forget to invite your feline-loving friends to listen to new episodes along with you. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, get your copy of a free new book about Homer the Blind Wonder Cat, find out how you can get your name, and your cat's name included in my next new book or leave comments and questions for me to answer on future podcasts, head on over to GwenCooper.com now. Thanks so much for joining me and don't forget to hug your cat today.